Welcome to another episode of our new podcast series at Sovereign Hope called Discipleship Discussions. And this is a series of discussions aimed to help you and me and the people we're talking with move towards a culture of discipleship by doing just that, discipleship, which is helping each other follow Jesus in all of life through the gospel. Helping us today in our conversation is Oren Martin. Oren is the author of several books, editor of many more, professor at Southern Seminary and Boyce College, elder at Clifton Baptist Church, husband, father, and last time I checked, I don't know if this is true, but a part-time tire service technician as well. Is that still true? Uh, up until very recently. Up until very recently. Now, I loved uh, when we first got to know each other when you were uh, up with us in in Missoula. I loved hearing your reasoning behind uh, why you were uh, on top of being a pastor and a professor and all the other hats you wear in life uh, of taking time to work at a tire center. So what what, what, be, what behind that for you? <laughs> well, uh, I enjoy cars, one. Uh, t- working with tires, uh, mechanic uh, is in my background. But honestly, I mean, I just came to a point where I just wanted to put my theology to work. If I was going to teach and train my students to share the gospel with unbelievers, if it is uh, the power of God and salvation, um, then I need to be doing it myself. And, you know, I just come to a place uh, where, you know, this is, you know, true for, for us in this vocation is our, our circles are basically we're with Christians all the time, right. Between teaching at a Christian college seminary, um, pastoring a church, um, and I just, I, I just, I felt that, that I wanted to do that. And I needed to do that to keep my theology sharp, to make sure my theology was actually effective. Uh, and so, yeah, I took that job and I, I very recently, just a couple of months ago, um, I, uh, put in my resignation. I didn't intend on it. I wish I still worked there, but we got new management. He was, he was not as willing to work with my schedule as the manager that hired me. Um, and so unfortunately I had to resign just because he wanted me to work more than what I could. And, um, but I actually went up there today. I, uh, I stopped by there every couple of weeks and take them, uh, <clears throat> energy drinks and chips, uh, to the guys that still work there. And, uh, I could be making a comeback this summer. So there you go. And I look, I look forward to, if that doesn't work out, uh, reading about chop shot by Oren. Um, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, one thing we we always want to open with is is I think one of the biggest hurdles for people is that um, discipleship is immensely simple, but it's also something that is something. It's got boundaries as to what is and isn't discipleship, um, at least when it comes to thinking one thing for a long period of time. Uh, there has to be some component that makes it distinct from relationship in general, friendship in general, coworkers in general, uh, because the basis of discipleship is following Jesus. Uh, and responding to the gospel. And so we have a definition at Sovereign Hope Church for discipleship that we're trying to use to help people um, frame both the simplicity and clarity of what discipleship is. And that definition is uh, discipleship is helping each other follow Jesus in all of life through the gospel. And so when you think about uh, your own personal attempts at discipleship, do you have like a, a standard or something that you use to help assess this is discipleship. This isn't discipleship. This is where I'm actually achieving what God has called me to do as part of the great commission of, of, of teaching um, and instructing. No, no, <laughs> next <kidding>. question. 
<laughs> no, I mean, if I'm understanding your question correctly, um, I mean, a lot of it's person dependent, right? I, mean, I think, you know, our calling, you know, as pastors uh, is, is driven by uh, a calling to, to teach the word, right? Um, but, but at the same time, we understand, right, that, that uh, it's, it's not just information that we're, you know, that we're, that we're tasked with, with communicating, but, but also seeing transformation. You like that kind of rhymes, you know, not just information, but transformation. It's super Baptist of you. (laughs) Wait till till I start alliterating with some of the same. (laughs) No, I mean, it stems from our, from our own formation, right? Like you said, to to follow Jesus as he says, follow me. Uh, And that's not just pastors. It's not just, you know, people who are on staff or people who are in a full-time ministry, but that's, that's wherever you are, right? And, and whatever vocation you have and whatever, st- whatever stage of life you're in, um, it's, it's the calling to, to follow Christ, right? Which is filled with all kinds of content, right? About who this Christ is uh, as the eternal son of God who became man uh, to, uh, to, to bring us life, right? From the dead and all these kinds of things. Um, and, and so, you know, we understand that, that uh, you know, through the power of God's life-giving word, uh, we we are to not just you know teach that to others, but but we're also to. I mean, I love your definition because it's 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 helping others. Right? We we understand that you know through the New Testament there are dozens and dozens and of dozens and dozens of of one another, right? Um, of of helping and serving and encouraging and admonishing and rebuking and uh, you know all bearing one another's burdens and all these kinds of things because. You know, we understand that the Christian life is is one in which we're saved into Christ, right? And and the the manifestation of 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 that reality is is the very body of Christ, right? Which is the church, and uh, and so you know, we, our our discipleship is is very purposive, right? It's it's it, it's drip. I mean, it's it's soaked in purpose, right? As we as we understand that God is conforming us more to the image of Christ, that we're you know, putting to death sin and putting on Christ and all these kinds of things. I mean, that's, that's what the Christian life is, right? And as we catch a vision for, we want others to catch a vision for. Yeah. You bring up a, a really good point um, to where uh, like, like when we think of evangelism, evangelism is uh, almost exclusively like an outward motion. Um, and we tend to think of discipleship as almost exclusively an outward motion. Um, but every Christian themselves is a disciple like you're responsible also. And that starts with your own um, walk with Christ. And that's the wonderful thing, as you said, to be called um, to Christ is to be uh, a disciple. It is is to be given exactly what you, uh, I always say in the gospel, we're given everything that's asked of us. And so we, we are given someone to follow, but there's this wonderful promise in there to where we know that when it comes to the outward process of discipleship, um, of moving towards others as we're part of a church. We know that, that we never do that without having other people simultaneously move towards us up to where there's this, both this expense that comes, but there's this promise that God gives us, not just that Christ is our chief shepherd. Um, but that in this wonderful thing, he's called us to in the local church that we're not called to only pour ourselves out, but we're actually given the promise that people will also pour into us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one question we always ask people that's really uh, helpful is when you think of um, your life, and I know you um, 
you didn't become a Christian until uh, college, uh, around college. And so when you look back at your life as a young Christian or even um, as a more maturing Christian, what are some significant discipleship um, relationships or events that happened in your life where you were the disciple and you said, this was a season wherein some of God's saints really helped me follow Jesus. And and this was what helped me. Oh, yeah, man. That's uh, a, <clears throat> wow. What a question. You're right. I mean, I became a Christian when I was 21. My, my college educational journey was probably not like yours or, you know, maybe a lot of your college students at your church. Um, who I loved being with, by the way, last year when I was up there in the, the glory. We loved you. So it's mutual. <laughs> um, you don't have to lie to make friends, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, you know, I moved to, uh, you can't see it. This is a podcast, so you're not watching. But if you can see what Tyler can see right now, he's watching A&M right here on my sweatshirt. Um, I, I, I didn't move to Texas A&M University uh, to go to school. I moved there because I, I was broken and hopeless. My father had just passed away, who was my best friend. Um, I thought that I was a believer. Uh, I made a profession of faith when I was seven. I was baptized and, you know, kind of was living the, you know, quote unquote, church life of a good kid. And um, but when my father died, when I was 18, the rug was pulled out from under me and it exposed where my heart really was. It was not trusting in the Lord. Um, and my heart quickly gravitated towards the things of the world to try to fill that void. And, and so, you know, I, I pursued uh, the world to, uh, to bring me joy and, and pleasure and to cope with, with the depression and, and hopelessness and loss that I'd experienced. And, you know, after about two or three years, um, my sister, uh, in God's grace, I have an older sister, and she just called me one day, and I think her, if I can, you know, quote, quote her directly, it was, Oren, you're an idiot, and and you're living Sisters like are the best, <laughs> and you're living like an idiot, like you're you're headed down a dead end road, and um, she said, you know, why don't you move up here with with us, uh, with her and her husband, and just to get away from the Houston scene. I was racing cars, I was just not living a good life. My, my family had kind of you know split up. My mom had married an unbeliever. I'd moved out of the house. I was bouncing around from friend to friend's house and um and you know everywhere in between. And so I just I just moved up with her out of really I didn't have anywhere else to go. And and so, you know, one of the conditions that she gave me as a you know 20 year old was if you're gonna live with us, you need to go to church with us. And so I'd roll out of bed on Sunday mornings after, you know, a, a long night of racing and, and you know drinking and, you know, these kinds of things. And, and I'd go to church with them. And after about a year, um, man, the Lord for the first time opened my eyes to the glories of the gospel. And for the first time in my life as a 21 year old, I, I understood why I was hopeless. And it wasn't because I lost my father. It was because I was dead in my trespasses and sin and I was separated from God and I was under his just uh, and holy wrath for my sin. And um, he opened my eyes to the glories of, of what Christ has done in my place, that he lived the life I couldn't live, that he died the death that I deserve to die, that he paid the penalty that I couldn't pay because of my sin. And through his death and his resurrection, through trusting in him, God counts me righteous in Christ and gives me his spirit. And he filled me with all of the things that I was lacking as an unbeliever. He filled me with hope. He filled mm -hmm. me with joy. 
he he gave me a father, right, that I lost, and but this father cannot be taken away because it's God, my heavenly father, right, in Christ. And, um, you know, I, in God's grace, I mean, he obviously, he knows what we need. He knew that, like my sister said, I was an idiot and I needed a lot of help. Um, and I just, that was a great church. And I had a college pastor, his name's Kevin Eckert. Uh, who is still a, a dear friend. Um, he was my college pastor at, at this, this church, Central Baptist. And um, he, for whatever reason, I mean, I just, honestly, I think he just looked at me as kind of like, this guy's a helpless case. He needs a lot of help. Uh, and I did. And, you know, I remember, you know, when I, when I became a Christian, when the Lord saved me, I remember going into his office the next week. It was just like, it's like on Wednesday night. I was like, okay, so what do I do now? Like I know what I was doing last Wednesday night. You know, you go to this, you go to this, you know, venue to to do whatever, and then you go out to this street to race. And and I know what I did on Thursday nights. I knew I did on Friday nights. I knew I did on Saturday. I was just like, so what do like Christians do on Wednesday nights? And, and he, he honestly, he just, typically it's board games. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Settlers of Catan, right? Yeah, a bunch of parcheesy. <laughs> um, he literally like, well, maybe not literally, but he took me by the arm and he. He showed me this is what a Christian is and this is what a Christian does. And he just began teaching me God's word. And he didn't just, you know, impart information in me. He he let me hang out in his office because I lost all my friends. You know, I was working mm-hmm. as a mechanic and racing. And, and I, you know, after I was saved, I told, I told all those guys and the people I hang out with, I can't do this anymore. And I sold my I sold my car. And uh, I, I literally had no one. And so I would just go sit up at the church when I wasn't working. And he just let me be around him. And he began to teach me how to read the Bible. He he would take me out to campus when he went and shared the gospel. He would do on-campus evangelism. And he would take me with him. And he just modeled for me what it means to be a Christian. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he let me in his home. And I saw his relationship with his wife and with his kids. And um, it was just, he, he, he opened his life to my life. And, uh, and, and so that all of that happened in the local church. I know for a lot of people, maybe it happens in a parachurch ministry if you're in college or, but for me, it just happened in the local church. And, um, you know, so that's why I'm so thankful, right. For the, for the church and why I'm so committed to, to, uh, to, to the church, because it, it literally is God's program for our discipleship, right. It is God's program for our, our, our uh, growth in, into the image of Christ. Uh, and uh, apart from which we're not going to do it. Yeah, that's that's really helpful, and and I think um, there there seems to be a sense, in, and I don't know if it is uh, this is maybe outside the the scope of our our conversation, but if you look at kind of the, the the philosophical drift of how people think of themselves, both culturally, where you know the inner self is king. Um, even the we I was part of a parent teacher association meeting last night for my son and daughter's school and their new slogan was uh be be proud be you be together something like that i probably slogan in my church oh yeah that's good yeah (laughs) um but but just that idea of like you know being you who who that person is and often authenticity to yourself is what's king um and, and then there's another side of uh i think a wrong reaction in christian discipleship where uh What's in between that is this call from Paul, uh, and, and also we saw with uh, God in the Old Testament, be holy as I am holy. There's this 
imitation call. And Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's almost this call where for the sake of the gospel and seeing Christ as man, Jesus is the superlative of everything. He's so much better than what I am. Um, calling people to imitate me is nothing, but it's something the Bible gives us to do. But uh, there, there seems to be uh, what you're saying is when you were with that uh, Kevin, was that his name? Yeah. When you were with Kevin, um, what was happening were two things is one, he was just inviting you into his life. And I think that's one thing where we could wrap our minds around that and say, okay, that's really easy and simple to just invite somebody in. But what's distinct is uh, he was saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ in that he was actually being Christian. And that goes back to the the first thing we talked about where discipleship starts uh, not externally, but internally. And uh, I, I think there's a, uh, a tension in the church today where either Christians are, are worried to invite people to imitate them because they realize they're going to fail and they, there's a see Jesus and do Jesus's things. Um, don't look at me, but then there's another side in that Christian um, perspective where they invite people in because it's easy to do that relationally, but then their life in and of itself isn't actually imitating Christ. And so what that relationship is progressing is again, probably what that BU mantra of our society is pushing up against, which is moralism or, uh, you know, a personality driven relationship or just a, a comfort driven relationship. And so, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm verbally processing here, which is a terrible thing to do when you're the host of the podcast. I'm supposed <laughs> to let you verbally process. For I feel us. like you're having an existential crisis right now. I am. Yeah. I need to go to, uh, my kid's elementary school and <laughs> get some slogans in me. Um, but just how powerful it is to invite people into into that that relationship and that life, um, but how it needs to be rooted in Christian conduct. And like how many of us, if we actually invited people into our homes, would see somebody different than what our neighbors would do if our neighbors invited them into their homes? And so that's the simplicity and the challenge of Christian discipleship, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I think one thing that was you know helpful, you know, in my in my own kind of process was, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to feel to feel kind of guilty or, man, I don't I don't want people to to to, to you know come over you know in my house because they're going to see like I don't know crazy kids right they're not perfect kids or I don't have a perfect marriage and you know although my wife is perfect. Um, <laughs> No, she's not. I'm mean, the doctrine of sin, but she's she's right. You, you can affirm right. No, no false uh, equivalence here. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but but isn't that the beauty of discipleship? Right, is is sometimes the best. Right, I'm not inviting people over or inviting people into my life, younger Christians, be, because I'm perfect. Right, that is actually counterproductive because we don't want we don't want them to to imitate our perfection because it's a, that's a false perception anyway. Right, I can't be perfect. That's a goal. Right be perfect as your heavenly father perfect but uh really what's the mark of a christian in this life is is one who's who's confessing sin who's repentant and who's trusting in the one who is perfect right so you know i think part of imitate me as i imitate christ is that people are seeing look i'm i am not perfect and i don't want you to put your hope and confidence in me i want you to put your hope and confidence in christ as we both follow him together right and that just means maybe i'm further maybe a little bit further along than you right maybe you're a point you know, B and I'm a point 
eat. I don't know, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, right, it's, it's both of us striving by God's grace and the spirit who, who indwells and empowers us to, to follow Christ, right? So and, question, uh, question for you. When you were in that season of your life, were you aware that discipleship was happening? Did you have like a framework for what that was? Or is that something we're looking back? You're like, this is totally what was happening. I, th- I think a little bit of both. I mean, I, you know, Kevin is a, I mean, he's a, a bit just a very faithful disciple. He still is. He's a lead pastor now at a church in Austin, um, the the evil city of the University of Texas, um, <laughs> where, where basically that's where Satan is, is has his kingdom, the yes. University of Texas, but that's beside the point. Um, so, and mean, now they have Steve Sarkeesian there. And so now they have Steve Sarkeesian. So for SEC, <laughs> there's more of a reason to loathe. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I knew like, because I knew the language, but at the same time I look back and I'm like, oh, like I have a much more kind of fuller orbed idea and vision of what he was doing. Right. So, I mean, I, yeah, it was, you know, it was definitely kind of taught as he kind of led me along and, and, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, I understood more as time went on and especially now that I look back which yeah, was very formative for me and, and still, you know, a lot of ways it has so deeply shaped me that it's, uh, it's how, you know, in part how I disciple others. So that's a great segue. Um, the, our next thing we want to hear is, is what does discipleship look like in your life? And a lot of times discipleship is long-term with a single individual. And yep. that's a great thing to hear about. And sometimes discipleship is more, you know, just being Christian in public um, in whatever sphere that is. Yeah. And those are good things to hear about too. And so when it comes to to you and the spheres that you're in, uh, what does that generally look like for you? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my full-time job is, you know, teaching um, at a seminary and, you know, as, as much as we would like for that to happen, discipleship happen, you know, it doesn't happen because it's a classroom, right? It's not the church. And so, so it is, it is difficult, right? But I still try to be accessible. I still meet with students when they want to meet. I, I, you know, I do give priority to, to, to my students in my classes who are actually members of Clifton. So I'll pursue them uh, more intentionally than I would, you know, not, not, no offense to my other students, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't have, I'm not in covenant with them, right? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a church covenant. And we covenant together, you know, to, to do what the New Testament calls us to do and in terms of kind of one another. Um, but, you know, we, we try to be hospitable. We have a lot of people over, um, you know, for, for dinner. Um, you know, we've been we've been small group leaders for the past man, 15 years. We actually just took a break this past couple of months ago just to kind of get a breather. Um, you know, we're about to have, I think our world took a break a couple months ago from community groups. I think our world took a break for a couple (laughs) months. Yes. Um, we're, you know, we're about to have a young couple over, um, here for dinner in a bit. And, and, you know, I think, you know, for us, and I'm, I'm really helped by my wife because she, she's just very intentional. She's, she's very skillful at asking questions and just being married for to, to her now for 21 years. I'm just kind of imbibed right and it's kind of caught on to what she's doing and it's almost like ingrained in me so i just think trying to you know think through you know how can we be intentional with this couple right and asking just asking good questions um about you know where they are spiritually what what's the lord teaching them what have they been reading lately right uh, 
how are they growing? What, you know, are there sin struggles that we can, we can pray for them about, or, you know, that they, we can help, you know, encourage them to, to, to fight, right. And uh, not fight each other, but fight sin. Um, you know, just all those kinds of things, right. That we're just trying to, to intentionally um, in, invest and, and uh, try to just kind of dig into their lives to, to, uh, to do that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a balance because, um, you know, my wife would tell you, I'm, I'm much more of an extrovert people person. She's a little bit, uh, uh, more of an introvert, but she, but she's also very intentional with asking questions. So it's, it works out well, but I have to be careful, um, just not to like want to invite people over like every other night, <laughs> right. Overwhelm her, you know? And yeah. so, but we try to be strategic and consistent in, um, uh, in doing that. So I, I think a really practical question a lot of people have is um, how do you start uh, – let's say, let's say people understand that uh, discipleship is the way of life for the Christian. You're to help other people you know, Im- believe what Jesus teaches and, uh, and live out what Jesus enables us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um. They understand that it's supposed to be bigger than just what their Sunday morning looks like, uh, but they don't know what it looks like to actually start doing discipleship, right? It's got a big name, right? Wow. It's, it's a 25 cent word. Um, what advice do you have to someone who's like, okay, I know I need to do this. Where does it start? And doesn't look like asking them to like going up to them at church and saying, Hey, I want to disciple you. Would you yeah. please sign on this form? Yeah. Yeah. It, did, did, did I make it sound like you can't answer the question as do that? <laughs> if that's the way you do it, I don't want to minimize that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll first say that, you know, discipleship fundamentally takes place in the context of the gathered church. Um, you know, so I would just say, don't underestimate the, what I tell people is, is just don't, don't underestimate the ministry of presence, just being present in the church. I mean, that's, you know, I talk about, you know, my, my relationship with, with Kevin and how, you know, how we met, you know, for a while, but, you know, just as much happened just through, through being there. Um, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily like opening his Bible and teaching me, you know, what, what it means and how to apply it to my life. So on and so forth. He did that, but, but it was also just me being there, um, being, being there on, on Wednesdays, being there on Sundays, being there on Sunday nights, um, being around other believers, right. In the church. And, uh, you know, um, if, if they had opportunities to, to serve on, you know, on different nights or on the weekends, like, man, just, just being there, you know? And I think that just, that so shaped, me and, and, you know, my wife would say the same thing. Like when we came to Louisville in 2004 and, and we began to, to, you know, to get to join a church, we just, we just said, you know, we don't have kids in this season of life. We're just going to, we're going to be there every time the church does something. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I can think back to, you know, painting the railing on the inside of our church uh, stairs and two of those people that we were there painting with, are some of our dearest best friends now. Um, and, and we're actually, we serve on the elder board together. And, uh, you know, I just think sometimes we, you know, when you hear the word discipleship, like you said, it's a 25 cent word and it's very intimidating because 
because a you know a person thinks like oh I have to have all of this knowledge and I have to have like I have to know like the whole Bible and how it fits together and I have to you know be able to to recite the sixty six books of the Bible in like under a minute you know or whatever it is right um, and and that's not what it is um, it's it's really just it's just being together and growing together in Christ and and uh, anybody can do that right I me mean, a young Christian can do that right with with another person. Um, of just getting together and 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 what are you learning? Uh, what's the Lord been teaching? What are you, what are you reading in Scripture right now? What what books are you reading? And maybe you're not a reader, right? But I mean, in terms of like reading a lot of books, but we should be reading Scripture, right? I mean, it's it is God's speaking to us, right, through His Word, and and uh, you know, there's there's always things to to talk about and, and and pray for, right? And and you know, how we're doing personally, how we're doing in our jobs, how we're doing in our marriages, how we're doing in our parenting, how we're doing in our relationships, how we're doing in school, how we're, you know, there's all, I mean, there's a, a plethora, as people like to say, right, of, of questions that we can ask. And, uh, and, and maybe, you know, those times are going to be 15 minutes, and you're like, all right, well, see you later. Um, yeah. And maybe those times are going to be an hour or longer, right? But, but the, but the point is, right, that we're getting together and uh, we're just committed to to uh, to talking about what the Lord is doing in our lives and how we can know Him better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you know, I, you know, I think I think too, like if, even if that's intimidating, then go through something together. I mean, there's tons of resources. You know, one one of a, a great book I think it's by David Helm on called One to One. I don't know if you've seen that. Yep. It's just kind of like reading through the Gospel of Mark, and you know, there's there's resources like that where you're you're in the book of the Bible and it's kind of teaching you good questions to ask. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, go through J.I. Packer's knowing God. I mean, a, a classic right on, on, uh, on that very thing. And, uh, you know, read it, read a chapter, read, you know, read a couple of pages, read a section and then talk about it. You know, there's all kinds of things that we can do, but, but, uh, it's, it's really simple, right. Yeah. Of just, uh, getting together as you follow Christ and I follow Christ and how can we help each other follow Christ more faithfully? Yeah. That's good. And I think that, uh, that, uh, part of, part of what you talked about raises an important thing of like you talk about your wife's questions. You just listed a ton of questions and those are super helpful. Uh, but discipleship is invested in the person who's answering. And so part of it is like listening and caring about their answers. We just listened. My wife and I just heard a comedy bit, um, which resonates with me as the, the introvert. Um, and, uh, he said, if, if you're ever asked how you're doing, there's only two respectable answers, good and great. It's like, I don't care if your life is terrible. You don't bring, you, you don't bug people with the burdens of your life and right. say something else. And so the thing is, is like, there's components to where our culture does say that. And someone will say, great. And we won't ask any more questions because we think we know exactly what's going on. Or they'll say, oh, it's not that good. And we'll like change the subject because we're not used to it. Yeah. And so, so you learn this in discipleship of like, well, what does it look like to actually ask follow-up questions yeah. um, and to not be afraid of people whose life isn't great, um, who are struggling. And, uh, and so that, that idea of same thing with the evangelism, I always say that evangelism is mostly listening to mm-hmm. what other people are, are talking about. And mm-hmm. then you can share um, cause you, you know, where their hearts are aching and you know, where they're longing, um, and you know what they're not responding to and yeah. what they are responding to. So you, you took a little bit of my lightning round at the end, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, if, if there's someone who wants to start, uh, reading through a book of the Bible with someone in their small group or in their church, uh, what would your go-to book be? 
Yeah, probably Leviticus because it's really easy to understand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I love no, it. Uh, pro- probably Mark or John, I would say, um, j- just because it kind of introduces you to who Christ is and what he's done for sinners. You know, Mark, uh, you know, is, is the shortest of the kind of the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, John kind of gives a more maybe reflective or theological kind of account of, of the personal work of, of Christ. Um, those are just good introductions to Jesus. Um, I would also say, I mean, one of my favorite books to go through is Colossians. And again, just because it gives such a, a magnificent vision of, of who Christ is and his supremacy and what he's done in the redemption and how that works out into our lives, uh, you know, as he um, you know, lays a, such a rich uh, foundation in the first couple of chapters, then he gets to chapter three, right? And it's like, well, if you've if you've been raised with Christ, right, keep seeking and seek the things that are above, right, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. How do we do that? Well, we do that by putting off, you know, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, and you know, all these kinds of things, and putting on Christ and let the letting the peace of Christ rule. And so, and it's actually like it kind of gives us a model for what discipleship is, right, in terms of our own pursuing Christ's likeness is, well, one, let's understand who Christ actually is and what he's done through his life and death and resurrection. And then how does that actually come to bear on my life? Well, what that means then is because of who I am in Christ and I've died with him and I've been raised with him, then what that means is I've now put off sin and I put on Christ. And it actually tells me how to do that, right? And yeah. so Colossians is really kind of a great book just because the even the flow of it captures um, kind of the Christian life. Right. Yeah, and that's where you see Paul the the seriousness at which Paul views discipleship too when he describes his ministry as as toiling with all the energies that God yeah. has put in me to present you mature yeah. in Christ. Um well while he was a, a church planter and a missionary, his goal was discipleship yeah. in, in everything he was doing. So yeah, yeah and one, again, I also say too, like I, you know, I know that there's different kinds of people and some people really love just like let's read a book together and sit down and discuss it to other people. They're like, that sounds like the worst thing in the world. Okay. So then let's go play Frisbee golf and let's just talk. Right. I mean, let's, we want something to do, right. So let's go do something. And and so sometimes I just think, you know, not thinking this discipleship happens in one space or in one context, there's kind of one mold for it. Um, there's, there's all kinds of ways that we can do that. Right. We can go serve together at a, you know, at a, at a, 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 a I don't know, a, a women's, you know, my, my wife and I have been getting involved in this place called Scarlet Hope, which is a ministry to um, a, a mini- a women who've been abused in the sex industry. And uh, so just serving together um, is, a, is a way to, to uh, just to, to pursue that. Right. And, uh, you know, one, one of the guys, um, his name's Kurt, that we met together for a year. We would often go play Frisbee golf and we just talk. Uh, and, uh, it was fun, you know, cause it kind of gave breaks, you know, you didn't have to like sustain a conversation for an old whole hour, which is intimidating, you know, for, for a lot of people. Um, so it kind of broke it up and uh, yeah. was very, very edifying, very encouraging. Well, so you, you've effectively stolen my other two lightning round questions yes. in your, so, cause, cause one was, uh, which, which non-biblical book, and you mentioned two, one-to-one, uh, and knowing God. And then my final one was what activity is your favorite activity to have discipleship conversations during? <laughs> and you've mentioned Frisbee golf and service. So, uh, so thanks for making well, my you know, role. I had actually never played Frisbee golf before. It was this, it was this college student's uh, idea and that's what we did. But I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, we could, you know, go shoot hoops. 
you know, we could, that's, that's a, what the young kids call basketball. Uh, I, yes, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> We, we have we have a big basket weaving community here yeah. that meant something different in my context. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, the newest thing is, uh, you know, like like those dance games, you know, and uh, for video games, you know. It's... Wait, are you talking about like TikToking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you TikTok disciple? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, different activities. Just, you know, just doing stuff. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think... I think one way that we can kind of enter into other people's world is say like, well, what do you like to do? Right. And uh, just, just so we're, we're kind of, we're kind of meeting them where they are. You've probably read this book, um, but it's called instruments in the redeemer's hands. Uh, and honestly, that's, that's one of my go-to favorite books on discipleship because it's just helping. What is it? Helping people in need of change. Uh, yeah. You know, or people in need of change, helping people in need of change. And I mean, even just getting getting the little thing down of no love speak do is massively important, right? Of just yeah. hearing into their world and getting to know them, and it's giving you questions to ask, right? As you're kind of gathering data, um, and you're not again, you know, it kind of sounds impersonal, but because you love them, right? Because you yeah. because you want to you want to get to know them and serve them, and um, and you know, and then love, and you know, go through this process. I mean, it's a you know, we went through that with our small group, you know, several times, different small groups we've led. And, I just think even going through that book, you know, with someone is, is really helpful yeah, and, and serves the church in so many wonderful ways. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You, uh, th- there's very rarely times where if we're focused on being individual disciples of Christ that are one another discipling will not be effective. And we trust God's grace yeah. in all of that. So yeah. thank you so much, Oren, for joining us for our discussion today. You've helped us follow Jesus. We hope that we have helped you follow Jesus and rearticulating these wonderful truths. Uh, we're grateful for your ministry, and we will um, uh, be praying for you and your family and your church and uh, your seminary uh, in this season, as all of us are in a unique time in the COVID world. But the gospel is big enough, discipleship is great enough, and the church is loving enough uh, that we'll make it. So thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you.